this because it's very important. And I remember going to see him in the hospital and you know when you see a man who's going through what you consider a challenge and by the time I was leaving, he was one preaching to us, you know, and I was like, where did I find this guy? You know, and it, it, was such a, it was such a profound moment for me because it means that there is a hymn that I really like. It says that, um, it, it says that if good or bad happens, I am not bothered because as long as I'm in you, I'm satisfied. And it's so deep because it means that no matter what we might be going through, the confidence that we have is that God is always there with you. Am I I communicating with you, church? So in that spirit, I want you to give a doctor welcome to my brother, (laughs) Pastor Lambi. All right, is this thing working? Can you hear me? All right, praise the Lord. It's a good day. I met your husband. Oh, no. All right, praise the Lord. I've been seeing you online since. Now I get to experience your gift. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And you are God alone. From before time began. You are on your throne. You are God alone. And right now, in the good times and bad, you are on your throne. You are God alone. You are God alone. From before time. shelter and for clothing for education and graduation for our businesses for employment for our marriages and for our kids we just want to say thank you very much we do know that all this comes because of Jesus thank you so much for the blood of Jesus thank you so much for redemption we give you glory for the indwelling presence of the Holy Ghost we thank you for your power is available. We thank you because you are our Father. Most of all, most of all, we thank you because you are our Father. 
We give you praise and glory. Thank you for this day and every day. In Jesus' name. All right, praise the Lord. Please have your seats. I have about 30 minutes, right? And um, I want to... I want to guide your thoughts in a particular way. Um, the major emphasis I'm going to give, I'll give you the punchline, right? The major emphasis I want to give you is that Christianity, can we call it Christianity? Okay, fine. Our faith is actually just one thing and one thing alone, allegiance to somebody called Jesus Christ. Is that okay? So, um, if you look carefully, you will see that surrender and worship is the same posture. If you also look carefully, you see that defeat, right? And prayer is basically the same posture. You understand what I'm saying? Put up your hands. Hey. Oh, yeah. Give me everything you got. Oh, please. I beg. You understand what I'm saying? So, my point is that our faith is a faith of surrender. You understand? The flesh has, and self has been defeated. Jesus, he is the one who is Lord over your life. You get that? Now, let's look at it again. Christianity is allegiance to somebody called Jesus Christ. What makes us radical, all right, is the person that we have sworn allegiance to. That's what makes us radical. He is the one who gave us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that came, came to show us him. So that in this surrender, we'll not be bowing down to an antichrist. Do you understand? In this surrender, we'll be bowing down to the original, the real Jesus, not the fake one. Do you understand what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit has come to guide us in all truth. The Holy Spirit did not come to announce himself. He came to announce and declare somebody called Jesus Christ. Is that okay? So let, let's look at that again. This is my punchline. So everything I'm going to do now is to now descend. All right? Allegiance to Jesus is what your faith is about. So in any situation where it's different from what Jesus said, in any situation where the motive is not in accord with Jesus' cause, then you are to let it go. Some people have certain terms. They call it dying to self. They call it denying self. I'm not, yeah, I'm a theologian. We all are. I call it obedience. Simple. If you, can, if you like, die to yourself. If you like, call it. It's called obedience. And it is not a big deal Hallelujah. when Jesus is your Lord. Hallelujah. Is that okay? Yes. Oh, no, I have to give up. I have an aristo. And I have to give him up because of Jesus. If you don't know, I've, Jesus, see what I've sacrificed for you. You didn't sacrifice nothing. The only person who sacrificed anything is Jesus. In the work I do, eh, you know, no, I know, yeah, let me talk. We're, we're at home now. In the work I do, we go, to, we go to unreached places, okay? Leave the fact that my wife dressed me like this. Do you understand what I'm saying? Um, I, only wo- I have only been working in unreached places. And um, some, people, some people I meet that I, you know, I, I, in, who are in seminary, in mission school, will say, wow, you really tried. God has really been using you. Oh, my God, how do you go to all those places? And I'm a bit confused. Why? Who's sacrificing? Me? Of course not. Jesus Christ is the one that did the thing. This is an honor. This is a privilege. And not only that, he gives me the passion to do it. So even if I stay with my babe, my wife is here, even if I stay with my babe and have a good time, and I don't go and do the work, I'll be very irritable at home. Because he's giving me the passion. Next. On that day of Pentecost, 2,000 years ago, the Holy Spirit came to earth. I'm empowered. I'm equipped. It's my gift. I do it well. 
Do you understand? Yeah, do you understand? All right? All right? Let, let's go further. One more thing. What about finances? Look, it's his business to raise the money. My, my, my responsibility is to pray. Oh, we've had experiences. Let's not start giving testimony and get, get off course here. All right, so in Acts chapter 1 verse, okay, media, don't put any scripture on the projector. Please, don't. In your Bible, open Acts the Apostle chapter 1 verse 8. In this passage, we all know the passage, but let's look at it again. It says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And this is my emphasis. You will be my witnesses. Where you are right now in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. One point. If all of us have global ministry, you understand? All of us are called to international ministry. Once you're faithful in one place, God rewards you. Gives you a great reward. What's the reward for faithfulness in this work? More work. Finish. You understand? So you're faithful in Jerusalem, you go to Judea. Faithful in Judea, you go to Samaria. From Samaria, you... So everybody has a global ministry. You don't need a special revelation to have a global ministry. Just preach the simple gospel. Is that okay? All right. So he said we'll be his witnesses. What does that mean? It has two senses. One is the normal judicial legal one where, you know, you've been a spectator or something and you come and say what you saw. Right? But number two, it has an ethical sense. Okay? That's why, you know, you read all these books, you tell you that the word that is translated as a witness is the word mata. It's actually matus. All right? And, you know, we are being empowered to go and die for Jesus. No, yeah. <laughs> something like this. First of all, you're a spectator. And what you're meant to do is to say what you've seen. The gospel message is such that you can't just say it empty. You need to have supernatural, sorry, let's not call it the power of God, the ability of God to be able to communicate the message. What's the reason why? Because there's a covering cast. There is darkness over the, the spiritual eyes of people, right? That only the power of God can tear it away, all right? So you need to get before the people, an anointed person, you have the baptism of the ghost, right? And then speak the word of God. As the word is being carried, Right? It's carried with the Holy Spirit. The gospel does not come in words alone by demonstration of the Spirit with power and much conviction or assurance. Yes, Is that okay? Yes, All right? Secondly, the power of God gives you the ability to be able to follow Jesus' example even unto death. You'll be speaking in tongues up and down, right? And you say that's all it's about. No, it's not. This power that came upon you gives you the ability to follow Jesus' example and to die if necessary. Now, you may say, must I die for Jesus? Ah, in Jesus' name, may you have that opportunity to make that decision. Jonathan, because that's actually what you did when you confessed Christ as Lord and Savior. Now, I apologize to everybody. If when we preached to you, we told you, um, you know, favor, 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 you're not married because you don't have Jesus, come to the altar, give your life to Christ so you can get married. I apologize. Okay? That's not actually the gospel message. The gospel is allegiance to somebody called who? Jesus. Get that one straight. Why do I... Now watch this. I'm, I... I <laughs> now, <laughs> I pledge to Jesus Christ. I bow my knee. Jesus recreates my human spirit, calls me to be born again, gives me his nature, gives me the Holy Ghost to strengthen me, to walk in his way. So not only have I been given the word of God to obey, but I've been, I, I have the word of God written in my heart. I have a new nature of obedience. Okay? I have a righteous nature. So God does say forgive. But God also has given you the ability to forgive. So who are you to say, no, this following Jesus is too hard. Your problem is that you either never surrender to Jesus Christ 
or you don't know him. Do you understand? You don't know because it's a delight to live for him. Now, as, as they are saying, it's a delight to live for Jesus. Oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. Some people are like, <laughs> Jesus, which Jesus? What has, he, what has he done for me? Hey, that's the issue, isn't it? What has he done for me? Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God. All right? Because of time. I plead with you. I'm begging you in the light of or in view of all that Jesus has done for you, that you, right, will present your body a living, in simple English, that you will live right. Okay? Which is your... Okay, that clause can be translated as spiritual act of worship, logical service, rational service, or reasonable service. In other words, once you know, once you what? Once you know, or let's use a better word, once you understand what Jesus Christ has done for you, it is only rational and reasonable for you to surrender, for you to follow him. Why do people keep on living in sin? They don't know. You're a Christian for how many years? Lying is easy for you. Compromise is easy for you. You don't understand the fact that obeying Jesus is a greater delight than that 50K or that 100K or that whatever. You understand what I'm saying? That money is not even much now. Go dollar exchange. <laughs> All right. So, but, but you understand what I'm saying? Okay. So we're having problems with following with, with, with our faith because we didn't define it properly. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. I'm in Christ. I have dominion. I know that one. Hey, all this I, I, I is not what Christianity is about. Though. The center of our faith is Jesus. Not you. Until you understand that one, you will struggle in this thing. I, I, I. You won't rejoice because God has not done anything for you. My friend is now married. My friend has a good job. This one has a car. This is all this. I don't understand. You know that blessings are responsibilities. You know what I'm saying? You say, God, I don't have a car. My friend has a car. What is that? Your friend has to repair, take the car for servicing. Your care, he has to care for the car. I don't have any babies. Oh my God, I'm feeling so bad. See, with that kind of attitude, can you even take care of children? Okay, let's get back to the, it's a conference. Let's get, wait, let's get back to the point. Oh my God, sorry about that. I just got, it happens when you are preaching and you forget you're in a conference. You think you're, you're in a Pastor Femi's living room. All right. Okay, so did you get what we just said? Your faith is obedience, sorry, that's not strong, allegiance to somebody called Jesus. Jesus, not your pastor. The reason why we respect our ministers, respect anybody, is because our knees are bowed to Jesus. The reason why a wife will submit to her own husband is because it is an act of worship to Jesus. Even if the guy is a bloody idiot. Hey, on the pulpit, he said that. Hey, I should be talking. Sorry, we should be more professional. Ha! <laughs> Women are difficult. My wife is so toxic. Love her as an act of worship to who? I can't take it anymore. If your knees were bowed to Jesus, you would delightfully take it though. Why? Because, see, this power of the Holy Spirit empowers you to follow Jesus' example even unto death. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Not, not just that one. Your ego. You understand? Everybody say knife, knife, knife. See, some of you allow yourself to correct somebody who's done something wrong. You will see, is it Taliban, Al-Qaeda, or Boko Haram? You will see one kind of behavior, eh? Correct somebody, you discover that a lot of people are murderers. Oh, you see? 
It's happened to you, right? Somebody's corrected you and just thinking, yes, the person is right, but how do I kill this person? <laughs> do you understand? Let me get a contract out on this guy. Kill him. How dare you correct me? What is talking? It is your ego. Man, that thing is dangerous. It's dangerous. And through prosperity in God, through peace in God, through enjoyment and fulfillment in God, is to take this ego and surrender it to Jesus Christ. There are three things you've got to understand. It's not just what you do. It's how you think. Do you think our faith is all about what we do? Oh, the Bible says, <laughs> if you only greet those who greet you, you're not better than a sinner. No problem. How now? In your mind, idiot. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> no, because your thoughts, your, your thinking, your motives, and your actions will be judged by God. Oh, you thought it's only what you do. No, it's what you think too. It's the motive of your heart. Now that motive eh, is what really, motive mixed with desire, but not like the same thing, is what directs who you're making friends with, where you are going, what you are doing. Because your desires are the things you pursue in life. Bow then to Jesus. But then you're asking me a question. All this what I'm saying is sounding really interesting. But how do we do it? You're already a Christian. The Bible uses a particular word in, in Romans chapter 6. It uses the word yield your members. King James. We have been reading it since. We don't even know what the meaning of yield is. Do you understand? Eh, we think it means submit, surrender. Because that's how they taught us when we were reading Watchman Nee that time. But what does it mean in a practical sense? Surrender to Jesus. Yield to Jesus. Submit to Jesus. What does it mean? That's why it's good to go to village to go and preach. Because you can't preach in normal English. You have to break it down. You know what I'm saying? Preaching, preaching English. Everybody understand what you're saying. And it helped my faith. So this is it. If you look at your NIV and your ESV, the word yield is translated as present. Present yourself. Present your members. How, what's the best way to present yourself? Simple. Like the way house girl comes to pretend to madame in the morning. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah? So what you do, your place of prayer is the most powerful place in your life. Present yourself to God so that the power that is upon you will be refreshed. Do you understand? Hey, see Pentecostal language. So the power upon you will be refreshed. Let's say it normally. Present yourself to God in the place of prayer so that in that place you can receive strength to live for God. Just, you, see how, you see he's preaching. You see how it is? You can say something that is just cliche. You think everybody understands what you're saying. They don't. Alright? So present yourself to God in prayer. That's why your place of prayer is so important. You guys that don't pray at all. You understand? Just go to work. doesn't matter. Then come to church and say, oh, release anointing upon me, pastor. You're, you're joking. You're not practicing Christianity. Christianity, first and foremost, you must present yourself to God on a daily basis. What do you mean? Come and pray, now. Praise God, for what he has done for you in Jesus Christ, and pray for the day, pray for your life, pray for your country. You understand? In that, in that experience, right, as you're addressing God, God begins to give you strength. In his presence, there's fullness of joy, etc., etc. Do you understand what I'm saying? All right, praise God. Are we clear about that? So, Christianity, what time is it? Okay. Christianity is allegiance to somebody called Jesus Christ. So, if I upset you, what you need to, what you need to do is you need to deal with me from that your kneeling posture with Jesus. You're not bowing to me, you're bowing to Jesus. Anybody in the world can, can, can think you're a fool. You understand? But it's what God thinks about you that matters. Is that okay? As a Christian, are you meant to be bold? I, I was talking, I was training a church and I was telling them that, see here, justice hmm, and forgiveness are two different things though. 
You understand? If a teenager or if a man rapes a woman in this church, the guy is going to prison. But we're going to come and be visiting him in the prison and sharing with him. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because so, that, so, do you get my point? So we're not saying that Christians are just some lily-livered people that, uh, you know, anything that happens, we just take it. No, 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 no. We are courageous people. Do you understand? We're following Jesus' example. Jesus was courageous. Jesus was bold. Are you listening? Yes, sir. All right, so let's end with these thoughts. Um, don't put it on the screen, please. All right? In the book of Matthew, we're going to read 17. I mean, 7, Matthew 7. But I will just mention the first few, first verse of Matthew 5. Um, multitudes and crowds were following Jesus Christ, Matthew 5. He now climbed up the mountain and sat down. And his disciples came to him, not the crowd. You hear me? Not the crowd. His disciples. The minute his disciples came, he now started teaching, instructing, declaring, and revealing to them the lifestyle of the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of God. So that's the first lesson we were meant to learn as believers. Now, if I was to ask anybody here, which I will not, we're at a conference. What does it mean? What does blessed at the point spirit, there's a kingdom? What does it mean? Some will not have an idea what I'm talking about. But how can that be elementary Christianity and you don't know it? This, this is Jesus' blueprint for our lives. But you don't know what it means. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. What does it mean? It was never your interest. But you have spent money, if you are giving your life to Christ during my time, on buying cassette tapes to listen to preachers preach. Then later on, you started buying CD. Then from CD to DVD, MP3 DVDs. You understand what I'm saying? Now, those businesses don't move again. You download. You understand what I'm saying? So the question is, what do these things mean? Because if you don't know what it means, how can you then be a follower of Jesus? Jesus taught... This sermon twice. Matthew chapter 5 is called the Sermon on the Mount. In the book of Luke, it's called the Sermon on the Plain. It's the same thing. Jesus taught it twice. That this is the blueprint for our allegiance to Him. I'm not ready to respect you because you have accurate words of knowledge and words of wisdom. First Corinthians teaches us that the Corinthian church was carnal but they were not left behind in any spiritual gift. Do you understand? So raising the dead is not proof that you're a mature Christian. Stop that thing. Get it out of your mind. Raising the dead does not prove you're mature. Prophesying what's going to happen to you tomorrow does not prove that you're mature. Even when prophets were speaking, we're watching their lifestyle. Because we know it's the spirit that does these things through you. Did you see that? But there's something that you're meant to do. Surrender to Jesus. The Spirit will help you. What do you, what I say? We we'll, we'll do what? Uh, yeah, come and carry this for me. Hold. Who's carrying it first? What does the helper do? Support, thank you. With her own power, with her own ability. But I put my hand first. Oh. So, hold. I, I didn't feel like praying because I didn't feel the Holy Spirit moved me to pray. Oh, that's why I didn't pray in the morning, yeah. I, I've never read my Bible because I didn't feel the Holy Most of the time, the Holy Spirit would be nudging me to read my Bible. Respect yourself. The Bible has taught you how you should live in plain English. 
the Holy Spirit will help you. He didn't say he would do it for you. You know, that's why you see, Pastor, you renew, who are, who is, renew your, yeah? who is, renew your mind, Abi. It gives you the impression that you're the one who does it. Actually, you're the one who engages. Then God will help you. Did you see that? So let's, let's read these passages. It's famous. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. Mm-hmm. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I'm like, so you're casting out evil spirits in Jesus' name. You're doing mighty works in Jesus' name. You're prophesying and preaching in Jesus' name. And Jesus is like, dude, if you're not doing this thing from the position of allegiance to me, it means nothing. You want to you you, you make a name for yourself? You have a motive to make your name for yourself in ministry? Is that what you want to do? You will not go to heaven. You hear me? No, I'm just telling you. It's not going to happen. Now, did Jesus say that? Hey, one say forever say, listen, if you like, believe all the nonsense you want. But the issue is that, what is the fruit of the doctrine that you, that, that you believe? Do you understand? So if you're believing in one say forever, I believe in eternal security, but, but as I hold on to the Lord, he keeps me secure. Abi? Not that I can just be committing adultery and, and it's okay. You understand what I'm saying? It's okay. It's all right. It's all right to commit adultery and then you go to heaven. What do you think heaven actually is? Do you think it's a place for useless people? But why are you thinking as if he can't see it? Why are you? You come to church, you see a very fine pastor. You say, hell. You to say this man was not married there. Hi. You're, you're, I'm be, we're busy preaching. You're busy lusting after us. And you say there's nothing wrong with it. And you say there's nothing wrong with it. See, you're in trouble. I used to, I used to you know, I've done a lot of work with, you know, Orthodox churches and, you know, holiness denominations. I used to wonder why they're always talking about the way women dress. I said, what is it now? Can't you guys find somebody else to preach? So one day I was in Zamfara. And I was in the, which church was I can't remember. So one church in Tudorawada and couples were there. And the, we came in at the back because with Okoli, you know, I was to preach with the that camp, NYC director, something, something, yeah? And the coppers were in front. So I was at the back now. Hey! And I see that some of the one sister like this, eh? She had shown one <laughs> combat. <laughs> combat. She was at the back. And while we were at the back, you know, prison got. Ah! The eye just kept on going to the backside. I wasn't married. I don't met you, babe. Do you understand? Do you understand? My eyes just kept on going to the ladies. Hey! My God, this is a distraction. Jonathan, no, but you see that I was able to catch it. That this is wrong. Not like you're praising God as oh, just know. Bless you. Bless you, Lord. John, bless you, Lord. You know, I caught the thought that no, this is wrong. I beg, let's move to the front. Ha. Okay, do you guys understand what I just said? Our thoughts are very important. Your thoughts are seen clearly by God. Do you understand? So everybody may see you as a really cool person. But God is like, this guy, is just, his head is full of porn. Do you understand what I'm saying? And it needs to be dealt with. Your thoughts are important. Eh? Are you serious? See, if you focus a lot more on your thoughts being submitted to God, you'll be a better Christian. You'll be living right. You'll be powerful. No, this thought. Uh-uh, kill a day. Ah. You, see, you see a lady wearing long bone. Is it bone? Uh, bone. Ah, this one guy is too. 
you understand what I'm saying? This one has Aristotle. This one must be sleeping with men up and down. I should be coming to church on Sunday. Are you thinking like that? Do you, see, do you understand what I'm saying? It may be, we may not be able to see what you're thinking, but the Lord sees it. And it's because it's the Lord that you are in relationship with. Do you understand? First, before anybody else. He's the one that you're about to. So do something the way you're thinking. Do you understand what I'm saying? All right, so in this passage, they're busy preaching. They're doing a lot of big works. They have big churches and everything. Everybody's healing them. They call the man of God. Daddy in the Lord. Daddy this. And Jesus thought, who are you? Bro, who are you? I don't know you. He said, ah, I cast out evil spirits. I have special programs. I heal the sick. He said, I never knew you. Hell, let's do some Hebrew and Greek word study. No, let's not do the Hebrew Greek. Let's just form. In the book of Genesis, the Bible says, Adam knew his wife. <laughs> Amen? Intimacy. You, you should not be called a Christian if you don't have an intimate relationship with your father God. You should not be called a Christian. You can come and say, just put, you know, you do when you're coming to, um, like, you know, these protesters with billboard. I just start to, I just they start, I'm a Canada Christian. I'm a new convert. Just be carrying up and down so we can know. Do you understand? Oh, hello, are you a Christian? I'm a Canada one. Do you understand? Why? I have no relationship with God. This, this presenting ourselves, time of prayer and everything is essential. Jesus speaking, he says, anybody, five minutes, everything in five minutes, watch this. Jesus, after, after giving the blueprint, at the end, he says, listen now, at the end, he says, everything I'm saying, eh? if you don't do it, right, you're like a man who built his house on sand, the thing will fall. That's what he said. He's talking about your life. The, everything I've said, if you do it, you're like a man who built his house on rock. What is the rock? See, leave all that, all that rhetoric. The rock is just an illustration. Don't use, the rock is Jesus, leave that. He's trying to explain to you Right? That if you're building a house, this is the proper way to do it. If you want to live this life, you have to hear what Jesus has said and, and obey it. Then you have the life that God planned for you. In the book of James chapter 4, hey, two, four minutes. He said, he said, he said, why are you guys always quarreling and fighting amongst yourself now? It didn't happen now. What's all this now? Why is there all this jealousy in church? What's, what's going on? You understand? He said, hey, it's your loss that is worrying you. Huh? He said, you don't have because you, you don't have because you don't ask. And he now says, you ask and you don't receive because you, King James, you ask amiss or you ask wrongly that you may consume it upon your lusts. See, when I asked for a wife, it was to consume as well. You understand what I'm saying? When I asked for food, it was to consume. So what is the Bible talking about? What is the Bible saying? You, husband, you consume your wife. Bro, you're correct? Yeah? <laughs> So, the idea is this. If we are not devoted and dedicated to the Lord, if we're not devoted and dedicated to Christian values and ethics, we are worldly. If we now decide to come for special prayer program, end of the month breakthrough service, anointing service, in order to be able to use the supernatural power of God to get ourselves some earthly things, you have asked amiss. You're, trying, you're not living for God. You want to use God's way to get something. You, because once you stay here, you will have faith. If, if, you're, if, if, if you remain surrendered to the Lord, you will have faith. Oh. Eh? 
Living righteous, you will have faith. Not this fake holiness we do up and down. You understand? If you remain, submit, no, allegiance, man, to the Lord. If Jesus is really your Lord and Master, you will have faith. You will. And that ends my discourse for this morning. <laughs> Bless you. Oh, are we meant to pray? Okay. Um, Father God, for the things you do, thank you for this time. Thank you for this presentation. Thank you because your people have heard. We pray for understanding. Let this word really get into us, Lord. We want to live for you. Not only that will you say well done at the end, but even in this life, every day we want to be with you now. This is win-win. In spite of anything, no matter what happens, we know that you love us. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Oh, come on, just say that. Just say, Jesus is Lord. What do we call that? That's praise, isn't it? Jesus is Lord. Just thank him. Just thank him. Hallelujah.